G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A little girl had heard the story of Snow White for the first time, and she couldn't wait to get home and tell her mum. As she did so, and as she got to the end of the story, she said this, And you know what happened at the end? And her mum said, Yes, they both live happily ever after. The little girl looked at her in a puzzled way and said, No, they got married. Now, for some reason, getting married and living happily ever after were not synonymous in this little girl's mind. And sadly, so often that is true. Why is that? Maybe it's because we have the Hollywood version of marriage, which is marry the one you love, instead of the biblical version of marriage, which is love the one you marry. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello and welcome to Set Free. It's Phil here and with me is author and teacher Ken Legg. And this week we've been looking at the subject of marriage. And one of the things Ken has shared with us is that the purpose of marriage is learning to serve one another with love. Now, Ken, you mentioned the way we do this is by discovering the needs uh, which were meant to be met in marriage and seeking by God's grace to meet those needs on a bit of a mission of discovery here. We looked yesterday at some of the specific needs of a woman that can be met by her husband, I guess that means uh, we're going on to the men today, is that right? Yes, it does. But um, before we do that, Phil, I think it's important to remind ourselves and our listeners of something that I shared yesterday. Uh, Often the role of the husband's headship is emphasised in marriage, especially by men, of course. Mm. And this can become an excuse for abuse. That's very sad, but it does happen. Likewise, when we talk about a woman submitting to a husband, some have taken that to mean that the husband gets to call all the shots. Now, that's not really what the Bible teaches at all. In fact, there are times when the husband submits to his wife and children. In fact, I can, I can remember an incident in my life when my children were living with us, you know, when they were young kids or yep. teenagers. And um, I was watching a program on TV and one of my daughters came home from church, actually. And I'd watched this program and there's a bit of bad language in it, I think a little bit of violence. And you know how it is, you're debating whether you should turn it off or turn it over and you just let it go, you let it go and you just keep letting it go and you know you should have listen to the prompting of the Spirit. And my daughter came in and she watched what I was watching. She said, Dad, what are you watching this for? <laughs> and, you know, I was soundly rebuked by, by yeah. my daughter and, and I submitted to that exhortation to, to turn it off or to switch it over. Often we talk about this passage in Ephesians chapter 5 about husbands are the head of the wives and wives submit to your husband. But it's interesting, Phil, that we always start at verse 22, which says, wives, submit to your husbands. Mm. You know, us men know that verse you know, backwards and frontwards and, you know, inside out. There's a few verses before that, though, that are There's right, one quite verse critical. There's the one right before that in verse 21, and this is what it says, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Whilst there are roles of leadership in society and in the home and in the church, there is also a time when we learn to listen to others that are actually speaking the word of God, the mind of the Lord, and to have the humility to submit to that. And so it's not always all sort of one-way traffic. Now, when they're speaking the word of God, that is the authority that we should submit to. So God's balanced order, if you like, is that a woman practices voluntary submission to loving, 
leadership. And actually, just as a man loves his wife by discovering and seeking to meet the particular needs in her life, so a woman primarily submits to her husband by seeking to meet his special needs. It's a complete package, isn't it? That, that it love is. that a man must have for his wife must be there. Yeah. And in that context, then, submission takes actually on a whole different meaning, doesn't it? It does. In fact, look, Phil, um, I know it's um, in the passage that we've been talking about in Ephesians chapter 5, the order is, you know, Paul speaks to the wives first and then to the husbands. I always start with the men first because I think there's been so much abuse of this thing called headship that if you don't, uh, you know, really emphasize that this is loving leadership and if it's not loving leadership, it's not going to work. If you don't establish that first, um, it just makes the whole thing complicated. Mm. Well, yesterday we had a look at uh, the need for men to go on a discovery mission Uh, to find out what the needs of their wife are. Generally, the experts say there are four key areas, I think if I remember them correctly, security, commitment, uh, affection and emotional intimacy with the four for for women. What are the experts saying? Glad say you remember that, Phil. Your, your wife will be particularly pleased. I'm going to take a notes, mate. No? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get on then to uh, uh, what are the needs of a man. Uh, number one, respect. Now, contrary to opinion, uh, respect is not something that's earned. Uh, it comes with the role. Now, I think that's a biblical principle that I can establish. For example, Peter says, "Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king." Now, who was the king uh, in those days? It was Caesar. Well, he didn't. He, there's no way he, yeah, <laughs> he, he earned respect. Yeah. He was the obviously he was not a very nice man. Jesus said the same thing about the Pharisees. He said the Pharisees sit in the seat of Moses, do what they say, but don't do what they do. In other words, respect the office, respect the role that they play that mm. uh, has been appointed them, even if they're not good examples in that role. Um, now, Paul said this about a man. He said, the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man. So in other words, that's the way we're wired. That's the way that God has made us as men. And so respect is automatically our greatest need that people would recognize or our wives would recognize that role that has been given to us by God. Whether we're worthy of it, that's another thing. But we do have this need called respect. Now, the second thing is honor. That's very closely connected, but it is different. I think that honor is something that's earned. Honor is something that's um, a recognition, if you like, before others. So uh, sometimes when a woman speaks highly of her husband in front of others, you know, I really appreciate the way that my husband spent time with the kids, or I really appreciate the way that my husband has been so faithful in uh, you know, protecting us, providing for us, and uh, uh, looking towards us when we have need and, and being there for us to honor them before others. That's, that's the second need that uh, men have. The third is appreciation. Uh, men are actually attracted to appreciative women. They recognize it as admiration. So uh, appreciation, of course, always encourages greater effort. Mm. Um, I've noticed that when Paul ever wanted to address an issue in a church, say, for example, the Corinthians, there's a lot of problems there that he had to really address and uh, basically go to task with them on, you know. Uh, but the first thing he did is he praised them. He lifted them up and said, I thank God that, you know, you've come behind in no spiritual gift, blah, blah, blah. Now, I've got a few yeah, things to say. Let's deal with here. this thing here. <laughs> Interesting here, the, these yeah. top three that you've mentioned, respect, yep. honor, and appreciation so far. Yeah. Uh, there's some women, perhaps, or guys who might say uh, top of the list would actually be uh, more physical items for a man. That might be the way it's perceived, Phil, but the deepest needs of a man are those other three things that we've just mentioned, respect, the need for honour, and the need for appreciation. But, of course, uh, we can't rule out the, the physical need. A, a man needs physical intimacy. And uh, sex for a man is actually acceptance. 
So if a woman rejects her husband sexually, she actually rejects him. So sex is important for a man. It's not all, you know, the be all and the end all as sometimes it's kind of um, made out to be. But um, it is one of his basic needs for sure. Mm. Just recapping a little on what you've been sharing over the last couple of days, both men and women have legitimate, very different needs that can only be met in a marriage, and we learn to serve one another in love as we discover and meet those needs. That's really the core of what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I think as we just finish up here today, Phil, let's say a couple of things here. First of all, um, in talking about these needs and talking about these roles, you know, the the role of the husband, the role of the wife, one of the common mistakes is that um, uh, individuals try to police the role of their partner. And that's not our responsibility. You know, like, it's my responsibility to see that I love my wife. How do, you, how do you get on, though, if you feel like you're doing, you know, your, your side of the bargain, but yeah. they're not doing their side of the bargain? Well, of course, there are times to talk about things, but it's when we try to change one another. Only God can change yeah. people, and sometimes that takes years. Yeah. And we've got to trust God. It's his role. You know, the Holy Spirit is the agent of change. We are not. And, of course, there's a time to discuss. There's even a time to go for counselling. But don't try to change your partner. You don't kind of, as I say, police your partner's role because that actually has an opposite effect. Yeah. The second thing I would say that we've already emphasised is this, that whilst we're talking about these principles of marriage, let's keep it out of the realm of the law. If it becomes like just behaviour modification without any reference to the fact that we can do nothing except that which we're empowered to do by the, the grace of God, then it's going to become real, you know, like a real hard slog. Mm. You know, it's God living through us and living in us that enables us and empowers us for the totality of life. So let's keep ourselves in the grace of God in our marriages. Practical discussion today on the subject of marriage and there's more to come tomorrow. Hope you can join us. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book Against All Odds, which features topics from today's message, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.